this fucking guy. Look how jacked up my headphones are. Like, and okay, here's the problem. They're Bluetooth. I didn't charge them like an idiot because Apple, I guess, doesn't want us to plug things in. I only have two little boop boops in my computer and one's from a microphone, one's from my charger. So I need to get a better system. Yeah, I, that's why I like refuse to get rid of my MacBook Air that I have because right. it actually has fucking usable ports on like my work computer, which is a brand new uh, MacBook and has four fucking useless little holes in it. Right. I don't know why. I it, don't know why. Because it was brave. Of- it was so brave. <laughs> Um, oh my god, hi, it's been so long since we did this. Oh my god, hi, and welcome to this fucking guy podcast. Oh, welcome to this fucking guy. Um, we do a podcast, do you guys remember that? Yeah, I know, I feel bad, but like, yeah, shit, man, there's been a lot happening. Yeah, um, we want to take a moment up yes. top of the pod. Top, at the tippy top. At the tippy top of the Montana of the pod <laughs> to um, recognize mm-hmm. that we have been absent. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we are sorry we left you, our beautiful, wonderful audience of Alex, Judd, and May. Yeah. Left you, you in fuckers. a lurch. Um, yeah, fuckers. Um, yeah. We're sorry, but also not because... Um, for our own mental health. Oh yeah, buddy. Given, you know, the pandemic and then just like life stuff. Yeah. And then just like police be killing folks. Um, right. Um, just like straight up murder. murder. Or color. It's um, yeah. summer. Yeah. It's been, um, it's been real fucked up. Um, and we do want to say uh, 1 million percent Black Lives Matter. Um, don't come up in our podcast saying that all lives matter shit. Get the fuck no. out. Um, Black lives don't you, matter. If you can't accept that as a statement in your mm-hmm. life, you can kindly fuck off. Yeah, you can just boop right out of this podcast and we don't we don't need you. Um, We're good. We don't need your fucking numbers. We good. Yeah, Bye. I don't. And especially if you're like a white supremacist or a Nazi, like, please go away. Oh, yes. If you are a white supremacist or a Nazi, I would like to amend my prior statement and say kindly <laughs> fuck off asterisk and die. Yeah. Um, um, we don't need you. We're good. No. You're not helping anything. You can just fuck off and die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we are very uh, strong in the camp of Black Lives Matter, Trans Lives Matter. Yes. You know, Queer we, Lives Matter, People of Colors Lives Matter. Yes. Fuck off if you don't agree. If you're yeah. not on the side of progress, and if you're not on the side of fucking doing better and being a better human being, get the fuck out. Yeah, yeah, it's it's time. Um, I will say that there, 
at least seems to be some things changing, which is like very encouraging to see like protests fucking work. And I am so tired of people being like, oh, but the riots like, no, fuck off. This is like for it is so privileged as like if you're a white person saying things like that, it is so privileged for you to think that way that you can't possibly comprehend that people would be so angry at the situation because they're being literally murdered by the people that are here to protect. Like it's so, it's such a foreign concept to them because it's fucking privilege. Yeah. Um, and that there's a, no recourse. Right. For them. And B, years. there is Hundreds no fucking consequence. Right. Like, absolutely 100% if you think that this is an unacceptable way to combat fucking police brutality, get the fuck out. I don't know how else I can say it. Mm-hmm. Just go fucking find an island somewhere. Shut the fuck up. Go away. We don't need you. Like, yeah. if you're old as fuck and you're falling apart and this is what you think, like, Bye. let's just die. Bye. Just go ahead and die. And Bye. I know I'm talking about some of your people's fucking grandparents and your fucking homies. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't, I'm don't not care. sorry. I am sorry. Care. Just fuck off and die. We don't need you. You're not fucking helping anything. Bye. 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 Like, dude, my fucking, one of my grandpas, I'm sure he's probably said the N-word many times in his life. He can fuck off and die. I'm related to him. That's my blood. He can fuck off and die. We don't need it. If I gotta draw a line in the sand, there it is. There's the line. I draw the line at at racism, really. Yeah. Um, Let's, um, and something that, like, (laughs) I've been really trying to work on because, like, I consider myself like woke and like fucking progressive and I donate money and I do all of these things, but I really wanted to like unlearn a lot of the unconscious bias that has been instilled in us because as white ladies, like we are fucking privileged and we need to be aware of that. So I've been reading a lot of books and I am constantly absorbing information and not asking my black friends to teach me things. I'm like taking the step to go learn it on my own because that's what we need to be doing. I'm putting my fucking money behind black owned businesses, black owned restaurants, supporting people of color. Um, Yes. Yes. I I did put this on my Instagram, but um, I will say it to our 50 listeners, but um, (laughs) (laughs) I am offering pro bono copywriting services for um, black owned businesses, um, organizations that are supporting the cause um, and for any students who have recently graduated um, who need help with resumes, cover letters, et cetera. Yes, queen. Oh, you I think ass. it's like the least I can do. Like oh. I write words is the least I can do. So um, we support it. Um, we're going to be fucking equivocally. Yes. Unfucking equivocally. That should oh. be our, uh, one of our next shirts. Yes. And we should. Oh, this is a good idea. We should make some merch and then we'll donate the proceeds to mm. Black Lives Matter or the Love Oprah it. Project or some other organization um also happy pride (laughs) happy pride everyone yay Yay. like we said at the tops black trans lives better black lives better 
people of colors, queer, gender non-conforming, non-binary, mm-hmm. you all fucking matter. We see you. We see you. We, we love you. We see you. We love you. And we accept you for who you are. And if somebody doesn't, you're good. Eat a bag of dicks and fuck off. Yeah, if people like J.K. Rowling, which I'm still fucking pissed about, just don't listen to what J.K. Rowling said. Listen to what Daniel Radcliffe said. Right. Listen to our boy. Listen to our boy, the boy who lived. Because that motherfucker is amazing. He is. And he was so nice when I met him. He was just the fucking best. Um, So we, we, we are here to support and share i mean i know our podcast is typically about this fucking guy like guys who throughout history like are garbage yes we also celebrate some like really amazing people who are just like this fucking guy like did that so right you know it goes either way Mm -hmm. um and so this week we decided to um pick some and maybe we'll just keep doing this for a few weeks or for we'll just mix them in whenever but um i don't want us to exclusively focus on white people um nor should we and we haven't um but there's some dogs there's some dogs but we decided to focus on some um black women this week Yes, black badass ladies. Because there is always more to learn. We can always, always do more to learn more about other people. Yes, we are never done learning. Never done learning. No, never oh, stop. I, never. I learning. also wanted to say, as a part of our at the top intro about mm-hmm. everything that's been going on. That also mental fatigue and depression oh and anxiety during this time totally normals my peeps. It's so normal. So normal. I myself have hit a pretty bad wall of depression in like the last oh, month. Oh yeah. And literally doing anything feels like the hardest fucking thing in the world. Yeah. Um. So also be kind to yourself during this time. Yes know that like mental fatigue and there's only so much of this fucking shit you can take in every day put your phone down put Mm -hmm. the shit away for just like a little while give yourself some space take a walk take a walk and know that not all people are garbage people yes there are a lot of garbage people and a lot of them are in positions of power Mm -hmm. however not everyone is garbage human yes yes and, you know, we, I think, you know, we, the reason we really took a break is because like neither of us could research or do anything because of what Carmen just said. Um, we've been struggling just like a lot of people are throughout this whole thing. Um, so yes, it's very important to be nice to yourself, to have good friends. Like Carmen and I have connected one-on-one and we've like watched movies together through the interwebs and that's been like very helpful and like i'm working on my animal crossing island and you know like doing the the work putting in the hours doing the work um and yeah so like we you know we're we'll probably come back in like little spurts um but as long as there's a pandemic and racial injustice happening um who knows you know yeah it's a lot there it's a lot on top of like our real lives 
which is also filled with just a lot of shit. Yeah, that, like I live with a pretty high baseline of anxiety most of the time anyways. And so just like, woo, yeah. world is fucking crazy town USA yeah. right now. Oh, and also wear a fucking mask. Yeah, guys, wear a mask. Get it to fucking it together. not hard. I saw it's so unhard. I saw a tweet that was like, oh, if only there was like a medication you could take to like, you know, not get COVID. Like, which we we don't we don't have medicine yet. But oh, it's uh, the mask. The mask yeah. will protect you. And it's your face condom. Other, it's your face condom. It's your face condom for going out into the world, everyone. Should just, we make masks that just say face condom? I feel like we should. I, I don't know like, why we haven't. Alex. Alex! Get on it right meow. Alex, we're really going to need you to put in some hours. We've <laughs> so really much been work. slacking. Yeah. Uh, as our fake producer. Yeah, you have a lot of projects to catch up on. Do um, have a goddamn list for you. So, okay. Do you want to tell me a story? I'm going to tell you the fuck out of a story. I'm so excited. Oh, bitch. Okay. Full disclosure. I don't know if I've ever mentioned it on the pod before. That's a fucking lie. I'm sure I have. I am a very huge appreciator of gay and drag culture. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love it. Fucking love it. It's so great. Um, It just is so wonderful in its non-binariness and in like accepting both sides of of masculine and masculinity and femininity and just fucking with gender norms and then just like bringing your most fabulous self to light Mm, and mm, just mm, mm. it's just amazing so today bitch i'm gonna tell you all about Marsha p johnson yes oh she is amazing. Better known as the woman, the drag queen that kicked off the Stonewall riots. Uh, yes, honey. Brought the world the gay pride movement. Hell fucking yeah. Happy pride. Oh, happy pride, everyone. So, Miss Marsha P. Johnson, I would just like to say up top before her story that Miss Marsha referred to herself using female pronouns, mm-hmm. and as will I. I will also be referring to the events at Stonewall as an uprising, not a riot, because mm-hmm. words matter. They fucking do. Thank so, you. You're so welcome. All right. Miss Marsha was born Malcolm Michaels Jr. on August 24th, 1945 in Elizabeth, New Jersey. She was one of six siblings, and her father was an assembly line worker at General Motors, and her mother was a housekeeper. So Miss Marcia said um, that she had started wearing dresses around the age of five, but stopped because boys in the neighborhood would tease her and mm. harass her. And um, in her early life, um, she has said um, that she was the victim of sexual assault Ugh. by an adolescent boy, um, which is very common among uh, young men who um, are gender nonconforming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, because of this and because of feeling afraid to come out and be her true authentic self, 
um, Marsha chose to remain asexual until after graduating high school in 1963 and moving to New York at the age of 17. Um, She is a badass and moved to New York with nothing but $15 and a bag of clothes. Oh my God. That is so hard to do. (laughs) Like, I can't even understand that. I can't even wrap my head around that. Miss Marsha, you are a badass. Wow. So she moves to the village, which even at the time, like in the mid sixties was kind of known as like, I mean, New York City is super liberal in and of mm-hmm. itself anyways, but especially the village in the 60s um, was really where, like, a lot of gay people would go to live. Um, and uh, after meeting gay people and, like, waiting tables and restaurants, um, she finally felt it was possible to come out and be oh. herself. Yes, honey. So she adopted the drag name Marsha P. Johnson after getting Marsh or Johnson from the restaurant Howard Johnson's on 42nd Street, <laughs> which I don't even think Howard Johnson's have restaurants anymore. I, yeah, I don't think they exist anymore. And then the P stands for pit no mind, which is a phrase that she used when questioned about her gender. Oh my God, I didn't know that. She said, pay it no mind. I love her. I love it. So, Miss Marsha's drag aesthetic, she's really known for wearing these flower crowns. Yes. And Coachella realness. Coachella realness before any basic white bitch, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, and this is because she would sleep under the tables that they used to sort flowers in the flower district. Uh, so she would always have these fresh flowers on hand because oh that's one of the God. places that she would sleep. Oh, I know. Like a lot of young gay and gender nonconforming people in New York, even to this day, yeah. um, especially like the docks. Um, very big hot spot for like homeless gay youth. Yeah. Uh, which is still upsetting that it's 2020 and we're still talking mm-hmm. about this. Um, not cool, but there are more resources now. So we'll get to that. We'll come back around to that. Um, so she was very tall, very slender, always wore like very flowing robes and very shiny dresses, uh, very big red heels. This is yes. really well wearing these like bright red heels and like bright wigs. Um, so she was like very far from being like high couture drag, um, but really just kind of tended toward like this performance work and did a lot of work with groups and did a lot of like comedic work and then later got really into like political activism. Love it. So, like I said, she was often homeless um, and as a gender nonconforming person was often denied jobs mm-hmm. and um, turned to sex work. Um, she claimed to have been arrested over a hundred times in connection with sex work and said that she was also shot once in the late 70s. Oh, my God. She also um, struggled very greatly with mental illness. Um, Her habits have been tended to either be described as very um, bipolar or almost bordering on schizophrenic Mm -hmm. and having like dissociative episodes. And she also spoke in an interview of having a mental breakdown in 1970. um, And she was often in and out of psychiatric hospitals, um, but not only because of mental illness, but because that's where they just sink 
gay people. Right. Um, right. So like, there's days. lots of like <laughs> big T trauma and also just like shitty, like the way that people were treated back then and today, like it's, right. it was just so fucked up. They were like, but you have a penis and you're wearing a dress. You need to you're see crazy. a doctor. Um, yeah, insanity. Um, and that that was not that long ago. Yeah, that was like fifty years ago. Mm-hmm. Insane. Um, so Miss Marcia became known as the mayor of Christopher Street in the village, yes. a complete fucking icon of the time of late sixties Greenwich Village. But possibly even more important than Miss Marcia was the Stonewall Inn. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Stonewall for a minute. A little bit of background. Um, so the Stonewall Inn was actually owned by the mob. Not a lot of people know that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they bought it in 1966 and converted it from a straight bar to a gay bar and um, didn't have a liquor license because they're the mob. Why would they? Right. Um, so it became kind of this like gathering place for, um, the gay community because it was a really, really big place. Uh, it was relatively cheap to enter versus other clubs. And, uh, they eventually started welcoming drag queens who were basically not accepted anywhere else at any other gay bars and clubs. Um, and, Miss Marsha was one of the first queens to go to the, to actually go to the Stonewall Inn uh, after they started allowing in men and drag queens because it had previously only been for gay men. Mm-hmm. So because it was recognized as a gay gathering spot, the Stonewall was constantly being raided by the police. Of course. They um they never really harassed anyone inside the bar because it was owned by the mob. But right, they definitely you don't fuck with the mob. Yeah, you don't fuck with the mob. So yep. they but they definitely harassed patrons outside. Would load them all up, take them all to jail. Literally, just grab a gaggle of people and be like, "Hey, you're going to jail tonight." Mm-hmm. Wild. However, in the early hours of June 28, 1969, the patrons of the Stonewall Inn said, we fucking done. New York City police entered the club with a warrant, started roughing up fuckers. No. And then arrested 13 people for literally nothing. Uh, for just being for at a gay club. For existing. For existing. So. Uh, around 1.20 in the morning, a lesbian named Stormy Delarvery, sorry, I messed that name up. There's a lot of vowels. (laughs) She fought back against the police who attempted to arrest her, to arrest her. And all the other patrons fucking fed up with police harassment and complete fucking discrimination started hanging out outside the bar rather than dispersing as the cops told them to and started fucking shit up when they saw their fellow friends being manhandled aggressively by police. They're like, nah, we are yes. done. We are done. So Miss Marsha. In an interview in 1987, recalled arriving at the Stonewall around two o'clock in the morning that the riot had, that the um, protest had already started, and that the Stonewall was on fire after being set aflame by the police. Okay. So other yeah, set it from the inside. 
Huh? Didn't the police set it from the inside? I don't know that, but it wouldn't surprise me because um, once people started getting really agitated and protesting, the police barricaded themselves inside the bar with, uh, it was them, the people that they had arrested, um, so a Village Voice writer and a few other people. Um, so yeah, it would make sense that it was from the inside. Yeah, I think it was, or that's at least like the general theory is that it was started from the inside by the police to like create more chaos. Right. Because that's how they do. Yeah. Um, so other people who were there at Stonewall and other gay activists that were there on the night have all corroborated the fact that Miss Marsha threw a shot glass at a mirror in the bar. It started screaming. I got my civil rights. This kicked off five days of protesting and became the shot glass heard around the world. (laughs) So, um, in a 1989 interview, Marcia said, quote, we were just saying no more police brutality and we've had enough of police harassment in the village and other places. Mm -hmm. On the second night, Miss Marcia climbed up a lamppost and dropped a bag with a brick on it on down onto a cop car, shattering the windshield. Bitch. Mm. And I yes. bet she looked fucking fabulous. You know, she did not get a fucking hair out of place. Mm. Just fierce as hell fucking shattering the patriarchy. I, I love it. I love it. You love to see it. Oh, love it. Wow. So Stonewall protests which involved thousands of people in in the few days that it happened, continued for five more days outside of the bar on Christopher Street itself and in the nearby streets and neighborhood of Christopher Park. Okay. So after Stonewall, Miss Marsha, it really lit like her political activist fuse. Mm-hmm. And she joined the Gay Liberation Front in uh, 1970 and participated in the first Christopher Street Liberation Pride Rally on the first anniversary of the Stonewall Rebellion, which is the first gay pride parade. Yes! Yes, yes, yes. Mm. So later that year, uh, that same year, Miss Marsha staged a sit-in protest uh, at NYU along with other Gay Liberation Front members uh, after administrators at NYU canceled a dance when they found out it was sponsored by gay organizations. Mm. So Miss Marsha and the Gay Liberation Front said, "Mm, no, thank you. We will sit in at your school. Yeah. So get rid um, of us. No, we're here. We exist. Thank you so much. We exist. We're human people. Imagine that. Um, so shortly after that, Miss Marcia and her close friend, uh, Sylvia Rivera, who was also uh, a gender nonconforming woman, uh, co-founded the Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries, which is starting to star. Oh, and they have a good uh, acronym. I know. So great. And they um, got really involved in like political actions and marches. And they then started the Star House, which was the first LGBT youth shelter in North America and 
the first organization in the U.S. to be led by trans women of color. I love it. I love it so much. So they helped get other um, gay, gender nonconforming, drag queen and trans women off the streets and like provide them with a place to live and food and clothing and kind of create this sense of family. Uh, But because Miss Marsha and Miss Sylvia were also fellow gender nonconforming people uh, and uh, dressed in drag, mm -hmm. they were they have their job options were nil. Right. Um, so they paid for the entire um, nonprofit through their sex work to keep other kids off of the street. My heart. They're amazing. <laughs> um, so the gay rights movement starts to get a little muddy mm -hmm. uh, in the early 70s. Stonewall brings everyone together and we're fucking working hard and we're fucking toppling these terrible regimes. Yes. But some in the gay community felt like drag queens um, were giving the movement a bad name. Um, you mean a fabulous name? Same a beautiful wig. Come on. So in 1973, Miss Marsha and Miss Sylvia were told that they were being banned from participating in the gay pride parade. Uh, the fuck? Because they were um, the committee who was administering the events said that they were quote not gonna allow drag queens at their marches. Uh, bitch! I started this parade, so. So what did Miss Marsha <laughs> and Miss Sylvia do? <laughs> My girls put on their highest heels, mm -hmm. their fiercest outfits, looked fucking sickening as hell, and marched ahead of the parade. Eat a dick. We here. Oh my god. I love that. Love it. Um, so later at another gay rights rally um, at New York City Hall... And this kind of early period of the 70s, um, a reporter asked Miss Marsha why the group was demonstrating. And Miss Martha, Miss Marsha sh <laughs> shouted into the microphone, darling, I want my gay rights now. Yes. Love it. Yes. Now. Love it. Not later. Now. 1970s, baby. We're still fucking We're still talking about talking it. talking about it. Um, so Miss Marsha was so fierce and so well known and such an iconic figure in the gay rights movement that she was even photographed by Andy Warhol Ooh. as a part of a ladies and gentlemen series of Polaroids and silk screenings. I love that. Amazing. So fierce. And Miss Marsha didn't stop at the 70s. During the AIDS crisis of the 80s, Miss Marsha became an organizer and marshal with the amazing group act up mm -hmm. um, and kept working with them and kept working with the gay rights movement, despite being diagnosed herself with HIV in 1990. Mm. Um, here's where it really takes a turn into sad territory. Mm. So shortly after a 1992 pride parade, uh, Miss Marsha's body was discovered floating in the Hudson no. river. She was 46 years old. No. 
Um, and what does any good police department who doesn't care about trans women of color do? They're just like, um, mm. yeah, throw their hands up, call it a suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because you just John, throw yourself and drown. Yeah, because that's the thing that happens is people just, yeah, that's how they commit suicide mm-hmm. is just you just drown, you drown into the Hudson River. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ms. Marsha's friends and other members of the community were like, there's literally no other way that that's a suicide. Yeah, no way. And also, did you miss the giant head wound? <clears throat> um, and the NYPD was like, we don't know what you're talking about. What the it's fuck? The, it's the 90s and we hate everything. So, um... A bunch of people that were interviewed um, about the incident said that the law enforcement in New York at the time was not interested in investigating her death, stating that the case was about, quote, a gay black man and wanted little to do with it at the time. Fuck right off. Yep. Um, so Ms. Marsha was cremated, they had a funeral at a local church, and um, her friends released Miss Marsha's ashes over the river, mm-hmm. and um, I guess as a mea culpa for not doing anything about her death, um, the NYPD did allow 7th Avenue to be closed while they carried Miss Marsha's ashes to the river. Gee, thanks. Yeah. Woo, you closed the street. You put up a barricade. Great, great investigating. Um, however, in November 2012, um, activist Mariah Lopez succeeded in getting the NYPD to reopen the case as a possible homicide. And it was later reclassified um, from suicide as cause of death to undetermined. Okay. Not sure that that is great. Um, I suppose it's a step. It's a it's a lateral move. Yeah, it's like a little electric slide. Sure, um, not great. Yeah, but sure. At least it's not a suicide, right? I suppose. Um, and then a few years later, in 2016, Victoria Cruz of the Anti Violence Project also tried to get the case reopened. Um, and uh, although nothing really happened with the case. She did succeed in gaining access to these documents that were unreleased previously Mm -hmm. um, and witness statements. And then she sought out a lot of the people who had given statements um, about um, Miss Marsha's possible murder. Um, And this was later um, turned into a documentary that is on Netflix, everyone, (laughs) the death and life of Marsha P. Johnson. Go watch it. Get informed. Get it all up in your brain. I'm going to add that to my list. Um, so, in 2019, last year, on the anniversary, on the 50th anniversary of Stonewall, the city of New York announced that it is going to build a monument to honor both Miss Marcia and Miss Sylvia Yay! for their role in the Stonewall Uprising and their advocacy for LGBTQ homeless and HIV positive youth. Yes. And it will be the first permanent public artwork recognizing transgender women yes. in the world. Yes. And will be unveiled next year. Oh my God. That's really exciting. Yay. Oh, 
we need more public recognition of the work done mm-hmm. by transgender people, especially transgender people of color. Mm-hmm. They are real fucking people. We see you. We fucking love you and your contributions to our culture. Uh, that was so good. I know, Miss Marshall is amazing. I love her. She's fucking killing it. Mm. Love it. What an icon and a pioneer. She was a dude. So fabulous. Like, she's the reason we have pride. Pride's amazing. Literally. The Stonewall Uprising and Miss Marsha P. Johnson and Miss Sylvia Rivera is why we get to have super, super fun pride celebrations every fucking year. And just because we're in fucking quarantine doesn't mean you can't celebrate pride because there are all kinds of pride celebrations online that are still super fun that, you know, and you can still you can still celebrate who you are and celebrate the wonderful LGBTQ plus communities by just fucking celebrating at home. Pour one out yeah. for the homies. Do your research. Do research. Learn about people. Learn about the contributions of people to this culture. Mm-hmm. Fucking watch Legendary on HBO Max. I'm so <laughs> Carmen, you've been telling me about this like all day and I'm so excited <laughs> to start watching it this weekend. It's so good. I'm so stoked. Also, Dominique Jackson from Pose is a judge on one episode, and bitch. I love um, her. Her character on Pose is not very far away from her as a real oh person. My God. I will say that. I much. also did put um, Pose season two is on Netflix now. Oh, yes. Get into it, everybody. Yes. Learn about fucking Madonna. I'm not going to say stealing. I'm going to say borrowing very heavily from drag culture. Mm, appropriating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I didn't want to get into yeah. the appropriating word, but it's correct. Yeah. Um, big ups to her for always hiring from the drag and gay community. True. Um, love that. Love that um, journey. <laughs> love that journey for her. It was the 90s. It was a weird time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, appropriate yeah. game drag culture. Good times. Mm-hmm. Anyways, are you going to tell me a story? I I'm so am. excited. I am. So I'm going to tell you about Mary W. Jackson, who is one of the hidden figures of NASA. Yes. Yes. So um, her name hit headlines this week because NASA announced that they are renaming their Washington, D.C. headquarters after her. Uh, about motherfucking uh-huh. so um in a, a statement they said today we proudly announced that the mary w jackson nasa headquarters building it appropriately sits on hidden figures way a reminder that mary is one of the many incredible and talented professionals in nasa's history who contributed to this agency's success hidden no more we will continue to recognize the contributions of women african-americans and people of all backgrounds who have made nasa's successful history of exploration possible Yes. Uh, oh, it only took like 60 years. Right. right. Um, so Mary W. Jackson was the first African-American female engineer at NASA, and she was a total badass and a literal human genius, and we would not have gone to the moon or space without her. Um, cool. So 
If anyone has seen the movie Hidden Figures, um, it's a great film starring Taraji P. Henson, Artavia Spencer, and Janelle Monet portrays Mary Jackson. And um, I actually didn't know um, that it was based on a book that was, it's called Hidden Figures, The American Dream and the Untold Story of the Black Women Who Helped Win the Space Race by Margot Lee Shetterly. And it includes even more stories of amazing Black women at NASA. Um, so I, I have already ordered this book. I'm really excited. Um uh, and so Hidden Figures really focuses on um, Mary W. Jackson, Katherine Johnson, and Dorothy Vaughn. Um, so it focuses primarily on those three stories. Um, so we'll, we'll get a little more into that and their contributions. So Mary was born on April 9th, 1921 in Hampton, Virginia. I have been to that place. It's a terrible place there's nothing around it's a garbage town but i guess back in the 20s it was kind of like booming um that's surprising i know so she graduated from the all-black george p phoenix training school with top honors and went on to the hampton institute where she graduated with a bachelor's in mathematics and physical science oh my god what a fucking bad it like hurts my brain thinking about how smart she was Um, She was also a proud member of the Alpha Kappa Alpha sorority, which was like the first um, black uh, Greek recognized sorority. Um, After graduating, she became a math teacher at a black school in Calvert County, Maryland. And in addition to teaching, she spent like some of her casual free time tutoring and she continued to tutor students throughout her life. And she was also a Girl Scout leader for 30 years. Damn! I'm like, who has the time? How you do that? Right? It's crazy. So, during World War II, um, Hampton, Virginia became, like, a big, like, center for the home front efforts of the war. So, after about a year of teaching in Culvert County, she goes home to Hampton and gets a position as a receptionist at the King Street USO Club, which served the city's black population. Um, It did take a while for her to get into like space stuff. So she later became a bookkeeper at Hampton Institute's health department. And then she moved on um, to become an army secretary at Fort Monroe. It wasn't until 1951 that Mary was recruited by the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics, which was NACA, which later became NASA in 1958. So she was just like a literal genius genius. sitting as a receptionist. Yeah, she was a receptionist just like doing casual math and like caught the eye of, I guess, somebody that was recruiting at NACA and... They were like, hey, you want to come work on some math stuff over here? She was like, sure, sounds cool. So she begins her space career at the Langley Research Center as a research mathematician under the leadership of Dorothy Vaughn, the group's supervisor. And Dorothy was played by Octavia Spencer in the movie Hidden Figures. Um, At this time, the work was fucking segregated in the 50s. Oh, why not? So why, why? they worked in the segregated West Area computing section. And she worked in that sector for two years doing like all kinds of like math problems. And these are like the the formulas and shit that like got 
people to space. That's why It blows my mind. Like, people did those on paper. On paper, with paper and pencil. <laughs> what? Paper and pencil. Like, that's how we did rockets? Yeah, and so they – so Dorothy Vaughn, Katherine Johnson, and Mary Jackson were known as human computers within NASA. Well, Yeah. And that's what they called them. And um, there's a scene in um, in Hidden Figures where Taraji P. Henson, who plays Katherine Johnson, is like, they keep bringing her like stacks of like, okay, do these problems, like solve this, solve that. And she like, um, she, she basically is like having to work faster than a computer. And that's like what they did. Like they, their brains worked faster than fucking computers to solve math problems that got human beings into space. You don't. It, it's, no. it, it, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. <laughs> just, just no. Yeah. So I would just sit under a desk and I cry. I know. I know. And combine <laughs> that with one being a woman and then being a black woman, like. And it being the 60s yes. and fucking terrible. Right. So she works in the um, computing section for two years, and then she got an offer to work for engineer Kazimierz Sarnecki. Totally butchered that. Um, That's all right. To work in this four foot by four foot supersonic pressure tunnel. What? Exactly. What? So (laughs) it's just like a casual 60,000 horsepower wind tunnel. That's capable of blasting winds with that approach twice the speed of sound. I don't even understand the words you just right. said. So um, Mary, under the tutelage of Sarnecki, got to do like some really cool experiments. And she was testing like um, they were basically testing like the effects of wind on objects so that they could come up with like better ways to create spacecrafts and aircrafts so that they didn't fall apart when they're in the air. That is straight up wild. I know. So like that was her job. She got to go to work and like fucking play with stuff in wind tunnels. And this guy was like, hey, come do this and like you're brilliant and so he like recognized the potential in her and like a good motherfucking ally was like hey you should do this training program so that you can get promoted and become an engineer because you need to be a fucking engineer yes so she applies for this training program and the trainees had to take this graduate level math and physics after work classes but because this is like backwards times. The classes were held at the segregated Hampton high school. So Mary had to go fucking petition the city of Hampton and go to fucking court to be like, I need to take these classes to be an engineer. And they're like, well, why? Like, why should we let you do this? And she's like, cause I'm going to be the motherfucking first black engineer female at NASA. Well, just a casual changing of city ordinances Mm -hmm. just to take classes. Just to take classes. 
So she was like, no, you are going to get me permission to take these classes. So she gets her fucking permission to go take these classes. She goes and sits with all these white folks. She completes her classes. She gets promoted to engineer and she becomes the first black female engineer at NASA in 1958. Yes, queen. Oh my God. Did she like have a family and shit too while this was happening? Yes. Fucking hell. She had a husband and two children. Hang it the fuck up. I mean, holy shit. Yeah. This woman is amazing. I know. I know. She's incredible. So Mary, while at NASA, she, um, she spends her first year. Um, she's analyzing the data from the wind tunnel experiments and actual air flight experiments at the theoretical aerodynamics branch of the subsonic transonic aerodynamics division at Langley. <laughs> no, I, hate, I, hate, I, I blacked out for everything you just said. Didn't even hear it. It's ridiculous. So, didn't hear it. Didn't process it. She no. was like so fascinated with airflow and how it could affect aircraft and spacecraft. And she was like, you know what? I'm going to learn as much as I can about this so that I can make our aircraft better. She's like, I want better planes and better fucking rockets for our country. So in her first year as an engineer, she completes her first report effects of nose angle and Mach number on transition on cones at supersonic speeds. So to publish a paper like or a report like your first year doing anything is like already insanity but she basically like was like the effect of like the angle of the aircraft nose and like how fast it's going with the wind and all of that like matters. So she like figured out all of these calculations based on her research to determine like how to create a better aircraft. From her brain. From her brain. They did not have computers. They had computers, but they were not good. They were like old ass, like the first computers. They They were like they had giant calculators. That's a giant calculator. Yeah, exactly. So that doesn't do the bee boobs. Right. Like they had to do that in their brains on paper. What? I know. So um, she goes on to co author 12 technical papers for NACA and NASA and worked in um, the compressibility research division, the full scale research division, and the high speed aerodynamics division, in addition to that crazy one that I just told you about. Yeah, we don't have to go back to that one. I'm not going to remember. So Mary Jackson, Catherine Johnson, and Dorothy Vaughn, um, they, you know, they were responsible for the calculations of the flight trajectories for Project Mercury, which um, is, uh, it was, they sent John Glenn um, into this little space capsule and launched him into fucking space. And then also the Apollo program, which sent people to the moon, sent Armstrong to the moon. Um, they are the ones that created the trajectories with their brains to send literal humans into space in rockets. I, I, I have no yes. words. All while 
facing all sorts of bullshit in a segregated workplace and mm-hmm. being erased from history until just the past few years. I made literal badasses. I can't. Straight up human geniuses. Literal human geniuses. But Carmen... I can't even... Carmen, was she busy enough? No, she fucking wasn't. So, in addition, she goes out of her fucking way. She has a family. She goes out of her way to help other minorities and women up the ladder with her at NASA. So, she advises them how to study and qualify for promotions and was, like, the best mentor of all time. She also continued tutoring, like, kids and students. Like while calculating how to fucking send rockets into space. She was quoted in a local newspaper saying, we have to do something like this to get them interested in science. Sometimes they are not aware of the number of black scientists and don't even know of career opportunities until it's too late. That is so true. And that's still true now. now. You can be a scientist. I mean, you can't. I can't. But in general, you be a scientist if you like science. I can help them come up with puns. Yes. And funny rocket names. We can do rocket names. We can name the projects. That's, yes. Yes. That is, That's a, that would be my biggest area of yes. help. Name the projects, name the ships. Yeah. Otherwise, fucking useless. Um, so as if this like wasn't enough. For Mary. So now it's 1979. She's the most senior person within the engineering department at NASA. Boss bitch. And Mary takes a motherfucking demotion so that she can go be an administrator in the equal opportunity specialist field. What? Yep. She's like, you know what? I need to help more people get jobs like I did and to get to where I was. So she actively made changes at NASA headquarters to highlight women and other minorities like her who did amazing things in their field. She was the federal women's program manager in the office of equal opportunity programs and the affirmative action program manager. She spent the rest of her time at NASA trying to influence the careers of women in science, engineering, and math. She continued. She continued that work until she retired in 1985, and she went on to enjoy the rest of her life with her husband Levi Jackson and her two kids, Levi Jackson Jr. and Carolyn Marie Lewis. She died on February 11th, 2005, at the age of 83, with one of the coolest legacies in fucking history. Um. Yes. A literal rocket scientist. Literal and- rocket scientist. Completely amazing human being. Oh. Incredible. Did not just take her own trajectory, how to fucking help other women and people of color up the ladder, too. Yep. Oh. Yep. What an amazing human being. I know. I love her so much. And, like, her portrayal by Jonelle Monet in Hidden Figures is so good. Mm. Love me some Jonelle Monet. Iconic. She's amazing. But oh my god. Yes. So yes, in the in the interest of go learn about black people doing shit, go fucking learn about it. Go read that book. 
I'm going to read it. I'm excited to read it. I think there are some documentaries hear, too. I'm sure there is. If I hear one more motherfucker say something about bringing yourself up by no. your bootstraps. No. Take your privilege. Take your privilege. Shove it right up your asshole. Um, Because literally white dudes have a fucking 50 yard head start on life just from the jump. You can't pull yourself up by your bootstraps when you don't have fucking boots. Hey, man. Oh, that was amazing. I feel so inspired. I'm inspired by these wonderful ladies i i i nothing i ever do oh, would be as cool as no, those i spent my day fucking writing tweets yeah i didn't do shit today oh how amazing well i would ask you about any crazy no. human encounters but it's day one million of quarantine I so I, like what in what what day i don't fucking know mm. I did go eat at a restaurant, isn't like an actual isn't it weird? person restaurant. Isn't it weird? It's insane. It's weird. It, I was so happy. It's, yeah, I've been to like a handful of restaurants safely with masks, distancing, hand sanitizer. It's a very bizarre experience to be at a restaurant where like the point is to like be around other people. And there is no one there's there. no one there. It was so crazy. And then, like, they had new menus. Yeah, the paper ones? That were, like, no, they were, like, laminated oh. instead of, like, a flippy one, okay. you know, yeah, with yeah. a little book. And I was like, oh, I wonder if they changed their menu. And then I was like, no, it's because they can clean these. You oh, damn bitch. yeah. Our, in Georgia, it's, like, all paper. Interesting. So all single use. Yeah. We're in Colorado. They You're greener there. We're green as the motherfucker over here. I mean, down we here, don't even have everything's fucking open, and uh, our cases just keep going up. Yeah, uh, it's not totally open here in Colorado. Like a lot of things have reopened, like salons mm-hmm. and um, I think a few bars. Oh god! Can you imagine going uh, to a bar? No, God, uh, it'd be so weird. It'd be so. It like, doesn't seem the whole fun time. now. It's no, like, I can just drink at home in no pants. Yeah, it's great. I love no pants. No pants is the best attire. I know we're like, we're homebody type people, but I do mm-hmm. miss like, just going to do random stuff, like going to home goods. Same. 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 Even like our climbing gym reopened, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, it is very restricted. They only have, uh, you have to pre-register for an hour and a half block, and then they take 30 minutes in between each hour and a half block to clean before the next. And there's only, like, 50 spaces available per hour and a half block, which is amazing. I love it. And you have to climb with a face mask, which is weird um, to, like, do an activity with something on your face. Um, but that's really helping life uh, a lot. Yeah, I'm sure that on this physical end. activity is helping, which I have not been doing any yeah. of that, and I need to. Um, yeah, it's also just like part of like our regular yeah. routine, so we just get get a little baby part of our like normal pre COVID mm-hmm. life back. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's nice, and then like. Hey, you can go to a restaurant every now and again. Yeah. That's also real rad. Real happy about yeah. it. Way to go. 
Way to go, all workers. Oh, God. You fucking workers. You're making life so much better. Thank you to every Uber Eats driver. Oh, God. Every (laughs) Every restaurant person. Every restaurant. Still Mm. nurses, doctors. Just straight up killing it. We cannot thank you enough. You deserve so many of our money. Yeah. More than cops do. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Just gonna tweak my glasses a little bit on, on that, that one. <laughs> oh. Well, my uh, dear, what is helping you cope with all the crazy? Um besides alcohol. That's a yeah, I was gonna say wine and um I mean my Animal Crossing Island. Um, I love how deeply into this you've gotten in such a very short amount of time. So I recently learned that you can time travel within the game. So if you set your switches, like, because your island is set on real time. So you can, if you set your switches settings, like the time settings, you can choose the date and time. And so you can go back and you can also go forward into the future. So earlier this morning, I went to motherfucking December where my island was covered in snow and got to make a snowman and get some cool recipes that aren't going to be released until later because people found out how to hack the system. And then you get to travel back to regular times and you still have all the stuff that you got in the future. What? It is so fun. That is incredible. And I went to my friend's island last night, and it, I haven't played it as much because I've just been so busy with work, but um, I went to her island, and I was like, I need to redo my island. So I'm in the process of, like, redoing things. So that's, I mean, it's been very fun. It's been- I enjoy, I love this journey Thank for you. you. What's helping you? Um, Besides climbing. Yeah, climbing has been a real nice addition back into life. Um, I will tell you, Beyonce's Black Parade is amazing. Um, It's incredible. It made me go revisit Homecoming. Also incredible. Um, And then the aforementioned Legendary on HBO Max is just giving me life and really making me miss uh, gay clubs and drag shows. I do miss that. Um, really gonna be excited with those. <laughs> those are allowed to happen yes. again, and you're about to be in a room with more than like 20 people at one time. Yes. Uh, gonna be real stoked. But honestly, on that. I would not um, mind like a drag show where it's just me, you, and like two of our other friends. I would be so fine with that. It would be amazing. I would give them so many so money, many monies. Oh my god, incredible. And there have been like some like virtual like drag yeah. shows and stuff during COVID. But it's just it's like not the same. The, it's not the same. It's not the same. I love that they're still finding avenues to like perform and make money. Um, because God knows that we need that yes. right now. Um, but it's just it's not the same as like being there and handing out dollar yes. bills and like that music and the lights and fucking glitter and oh, confetti. It's I just glitter oh, everywhere. It, oh, it's just oh, so so fucking fabulous and, and just oh sensory overload. I love it. Um so get into it if you don't know a lot about 
drag culture or ballroom culture. Now's the time. Now's the fucking time. Also, there is a house that I did not know a whole lot about before watching Legendary um, called House Ninja, which was started like back like in the beginning of ballroom culture and has now like it's carried on since like the 80s and now is a house of all cisgender women and they're like they're like they're international they're like from all over the world and i was like holy shit i think i need to stop everything i'm doing and go join this house (laughs) yeah because i think i found my calling and um like the first episode of legendary it made me cry because um Leomi Maldonado, who was, like, huge in ballroom culture and in the ballroom scene, was, like, there from the beginning. Um, Trans women was, like, I think it is so important that you guys are here and that you're performing because it needs to show the world that, like, drag and ballroom culture is inclusive and, like, you deserve to be here. Um, And it was just really beautiful um, for, like, her to say that. um, That, like, everyone is a part of drag and ballroom culture that they want to welcome everyone. My heart. It like they all started crying. It was really beautiful. I love that. And I was like, we need more spaces yes. like this. It's just like everybody come together and just like be fierce just like, and like sh- just show your talent and like share your joy. Like oh. other people existing and like living their truth doesn't hurt you. So it doesn't diminish. Right, your it doesn't truth diminish at all. your truth. Now. Uh, we're talking about things that don't harm people and stuff that's not hateful. If your shit's hateful, right. goodbye. But like, yeah. if, like why? I just let people live their fucking lives. L the L those L's. L those L's, baby. And don't be a fucking dick. Life. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. We've been saying oh, it since day one. Seriously. If we've just been shouting it from the rooftops, just bare minimum. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. Black lives matter. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your people. Take care of your peeps, man. Reach out to some homies. Homies be struggling right now. It's hard. It's hard. Folks, the struggs is real. And the struggs for people of color, even more real. Yeah, real or day on mm-hmm. the rig. So just like reach out to your homies, tell them you love them, tell them you're thinking about yeah. them. They make weird Instagram stories. Alex, Alex reach out to yeah. them and make sure that like, they're okay. Should, Alex, you need a vegetable. Yeah, uh, we're concerned. Are you okay? Blink. You're making weird Bl- statements. Yeah, blink if you're okay. <laughs> 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 Uh, but we do have a lot of work for you yeah, to do, do Alex, seriously so. so we'll 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 circle back um yeah this has been good i'm glad we're getting back into it i'm glad that we get to support some badass black women um yeah oh we should say which nonprofits we we support yes. and then you guys all you fuckers can go support yes. them too. So I've made donations to Black Lives Matter, to the uh, initially the Minnesota Freedom Fund. To um, I did one for the Atlanta um, Bail Fund as well to help any protesters that got arrested. And the Oak Ridge the Freedom Fund is the one that split yes. bail, right? Yes. Um, okay. And the Ochre Project, which um, supports Black. Um, 
LGBTQ, I think specifically trans um, people. So those are, those have been my, what I've been supporting lately. Um, we have supported, uh, I'm saying we as me and my husband, I cannot remember the name of, uh, which one he gave to, but it's Alicia Keys initiative through United Way, which is amazing. And then also, um, Reclaim the Block, (laughs) which is doing a lot of community-based organizing in Minnesota, um, and also working to, um, defund the police in that area and redistribute that money back into communities. Uh, doing incredible work. Um, check them out if you get time. Support them. Sign fucking petitions. It takes, it it takes two seconds. seconds. Call your senators. Send fucking emails. Yeah. Blow up those voicemails. It takes like four seconds. There's even like resist bot, yeah. you guys. You can just beep in your information. It sends like five emails for you. It's incredible. It's so easy. There's easy ways to resist what the fuck is happening right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to change well, it. And vote. Is- vote and wear your mask. Yeah, fucking vote. Make sure your registration is current. Make sure all your shit is in order to go vote. Yep. Go away, Kyle. No one Hi, asked Kyle. for you. We're at the end of the podcast. <laughs> Make sure you vote, yeah. people. That's go right. Vote. If you don't vote, you can't buy a vote. No, go away. Go away. Oh, it's a Zara. It's a Z-Pup. Is it? Yeah, you can see what she can see. It's it's on the screen, technology. Well, on that note. (laughs) Oh, God, that was unpleasant. Um, Everybody. We love you. We love you. We care Mm -hmm. about you. We see you. Bye. Bye.